Well, welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast. It is so good to be here with you this February 2023. Hopefully your year has gotten off to a great start. And last week, last month, we talked about the power of focus. Hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. And uh, it's good to be back with you here again today in the studio. Um, got some good content for you today. Uh, we're actually going to start a two-part series this month and next month. Um, I want to talk to you about something that I believe um, is absolutely required for us to change our lives, to have a breakthrough in our life. And that's what this podcast is really all about. It's going from where we are to where God wants us to be. And so what are we talking about today? I want to talk, start the conversation this month about raising our standards. I believe this with all my heart. You cannot change your life without raising your standards. Let me back up really quick and and give you a quick definition of what a standard is. A standard is essentially the thing that we have become okay with. We all have standards. It's the thing that we have learned to tolerate in our life. If you think about your home, or your car, for example, there is a standard of cleanliness or orderliness to your house. <laughs> some of us have a very high standard and some of us not so high, but we all have a standard. If you walked into my house, you would see a standard of cleanliness, a standard of orderliness. Are there clothes on the floor? There are clothes on the floor in my bedroom. <laughs> my wife tells me to pick them up all the time. My standard is lower for orderliness. Not necessarily cleanliness. We have a clean house. But orderliness, mm, everything's not always in its proper place. For my car, my car has a standard. Your car has a standard of cleanliness. Actually, I have a, I have a standard, a very high standard for the outer cleanliness of my car. Not so high of a standard for the inward <laughs> cleanliness of my car. What is a standard? A standard is what you are okay with, what you have settled for in your life. So if you look at your life across the board, if you look at your relationships, if you look at your finances, if you look at the quality of your relationship with God, it is what it is today because of the standard that you have in that particular area. You have learned to be okay with a certain kind of standard for your friendships, for your finances, for your physical health. There's a standard. There's a standard for every area of your life. And you can't improve your life unless you raise the standard in that particular area of your life. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a friend who has uh, a very high standard for his backyard. And uh, it's incredible. I mean, he's got stamped concrete. He's got a hot tub. He's got a little bar area with stools and granite countertops and outside television. I mean, the pool is immaculate. It's always crystal blue with nothing in it. His backyard looks like it, uh, you know, out of a magazine. Incredibly high standard. You come to my backyard? <laughs> no, it's just not. It's just not. It does. It's just not a fun place to be. <laughs> There's gravel where there shouldn't be gravel. Uh, things are out of order. Um, it's just a different. It's just a different experience because we have a different standard. Here's what's interesting about standards. You always get your standard. 
always. Your standard is the thing that must happen in your life. Which is interesting because a lot of us, <clears throat> a lot of us think that we get our wants or we get our desires, which we don't. We don't get our wants or desires. We want a lot of things. We want to be in shape. We want to have a lot of money. We want to be, you know, whatever. We want to have a great relationship. We don't get what we want. We get what we have as our, as our standard. That's a very important concept for, for people to accept. You are where you are today because of what you tolerate. If your child is misbehaving, if your child is disobedient, you know, if there's all kinds of problems in, in your home with your kids, and it's because that's what you've tolerated. You're okay with that going on in your home. If, if you weren't, you would change it. There'd be a different standard. I hope this is making sense. So the question then is, how do I change my standard in my life? How do I raise my standard? And that's what I want to talk to you. I want to talk about two ideas this month, and then I want to give you two more ideas next month. The first step in changing your standards or raising your standards is incredibly important. Number one, if you want to jot this down, if you're taking notes, you must get disgusted. You must become thoroughly disgusted with your current standard. You got to get to the point where you're saying, enough is enough. I can't stand being 25 pounds overweight. Can't stand it. I'm done. I don't want to bend over and not be able to get to my shoelaces anymore. I'm done with this. I don't want to walk up a flight of stairs <clears throat> and be out of breath. I'm done with it. Never again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to change my ways because I'm so disgusted with, with my current standard, my current reality. Years ago, <clears throat> I heard a story um, by Jim Rohn. He was a motivational speaker, and uh, he was actually one of Tony Robbins' mentors, and he's now passed on. But he told this great story about um, how he was 25 years old, he was married, had some kids, had a job, but he was, you know, he wasn't making progress in his life. One day, um, a Girl Scout comes to his door, knocks on the door, and she's selling Girl Scout cookies. And he wants to buy some, but he doesn't have any money in his pocket. And so he's looking around. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? And he looks at the little girl and he says, you're not going to believe this, but yesterday there was another girl that came to my door and she was selling cookies. And I bought all of these cookies and, and I have all the cookies that I need. And so um, I'm not going to buy any today. And so the little girl turned around and she walked away and Jim walked back inside and, and he had this moment of clarity. He said, I cannot believe I just lied to a young Girl Scout about $2. I can't believe I don't have $2. I can't believe I lied to a Girl Scout. How low can you go? And he became so thoroughly disgusted with his life at the age of 25 that he decided that enough was enough. And so he started doing all this research and he found himself a mentor. And, you know, five years later, Jim Rome was a millionaire. Why? Because he had had enough. He had gotten disgusted with his life. There's a great story in the Bible uh, in Luke chapter 15 about a, a, a kid who decides to run away from his father. 
grabs all of his inheritance, leaves, goes off, starts living like, you know, the devil. <laughs> Runs out of money, all kinds of problems take place. He, he finds himself in a, in a pig pen, in a mud pit. He's so hungry, he's looking at the pig's food. You can read the story in Luke 15. He's looking at the pods that the pigs were eating, and he's like, man, that I need to eat. He's so hungry, he's thinking about eating pig's food. And all of a sudden, he comes to his senses, and he says to himself, now, wait a second. All I have to do is go home to my dad's house, and he's got a warm place to live, and I can live, you know, have food. And, and so what does he do? He gets up out of the mud, and he goes home to his father. Great story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. What happened? Well, he, he, he got disgusted with his current situation. He had had enough, and he changed his ways. What happened? He raised his standards. He raised his standards by becoming disgusted. We don't change until this happens. See, people want to change, especially around this time of the year. You know, we set New Year's resolutions. We, we want to lose the weight. We want to get our finances in order. We want to you know, get in shape or whatever, spend more time with it. We want a lot of things, but we don't follow through on them. And here's why we don't follow through on them, because we've never really gotten disgusted with our current situation. You will never change unless you become thoroughly disgusted. How do you get thoroughly disgusted? I don't, I don't necessarily have an answer for that question. It happens uh, to us in different ways. You know, I've heard uh, about people who, who buy an airplane ticket and they go on an airplane and they cannot fit in the airplane seat. They can't get their butt in the seat. They have to purchase a second seat on the airplane. And that was it. Game over. They were done. Not going to live this way anymore. I'm, too, I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. This is ridiculous. I can't believe I gained all this weight. And they change. I've seen other people who smoke for so many years and they go to the doctor and the doctor says, look, you're going to die if you don't stop smoking. And something clicks. And they get disgusted. You're not going to see your grandkids grow up. You're not going to walk your daughter down the aisle. And they change. I don't know how you get disgusted. What I am telling you is you have to get disgusted thoroughly and completely if you really want to change. With your financial situation, with your marriage situation, you got to get to the point where I can no longer live this way. You get to that point and now you are ready to do what it takes to actually change your life. How do we raise our standards? We get disgusted. Let's talk about the second one. Number two, you have to change your identity. You have to change the way you view yourself. You have to change your self-perception. Listen, all of us have a self-perception. We see ourselves a certain way. And we learn that self-perception mostly through the way our parents, the feedback our parents gave us, then our friends, then our teachers, te co uh, uh, um, teammates, co-workers, bosses, we, we learn about ourselves from the feedback that other people give us. And we come to, we come to a self-perception of ourselves. I'm the type of person who's good with numbers. I'm the type of person who's good with people. I'm the type of person who's good with my hands. I'm the type of person that's, that, that's creative. I'm the type of person who's athletic. I'm, we come to a self-perception of ourselves through the feedback of others. How do you view yourself? Here's why this is so critical 
in order to raise your standards. Because if you don't raise your, if you don't change your identity, you cannot live up to a different standard. What do I mean by that? This is a critical idea that you need to understand and I need to understand if we're going to change our lives. We cannot consistently act in a manner that is inconsistent with the way we see ourselves. Let me say that again because it's so important. We cannot consistently act. We can do it for a while, but not consistently. We cannot consistently act in a way that is inconsistent with the way we see ourselves. So let me give you an example. Someone says, man, this year, 2023, I'm going to really get in shape. I'm going to drop the weight. I'm going to eat healthy. And for a while, they do. Maybe a week, two weeks, maybe even three weeks. But then over time, they go back to their old ways. A sedentary lifestyle, fried foods, Doritos, whatever. And then they get discouraged and down. What happened? What happened there? Well, they changed for a little bit. They acted differently for a while. But then they went back to their old ways. Why? Because of their self-perception. Their, their identity did not change. They still saw themselves as a person who is not fit. As a person who doesn't exercise. As a person who eats fried food. And unhealthy has an unhealthy diet. That's just who I am. Well, if that's just who you are, then that's the way you're going to consistently behave over time. You may have starts and fits of, 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 a, of an exercise routine or a diet routine, but it will fade. It will fade away. People do this with their spiritual life. They really want to get things right with God, but they see themselves as, well, I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner. That's really all that I am, and that's all that I'll ever be. And so it's impossible to act in a way that, that is, you know, inconsistent with that self-perception. So we have to change our identity. We have to learn to see ourselves as a person who is close to God, as a person who is in shape, as a person who writes books or whatever it is. Identity is absolutely critical to consistent behavior, which is why when, when, when you read the Bible and you really study it out, the Apostle Paul and Jesus, they always try to get us back to identity. Son, you're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You're a saint. You're, you're, you're holy, right? The Bible is always talking and speaking to who we are as people, children of God. Because if we can see ourselves that way, then guess what? Our behavior is going to, over time, reflect that identity. Years ago, I uh, read a story um, out of a book by Neil Anderson, who um, uh, wrote, writes a lot about you know, your identity in Christ, and tells a story about a high school kid who was doing all the wrong things, you know, staying up late, you know, drinking alcohol, eating bad food, you know, smoking cigarettes, and, and uh, one day he's in gym class and, and he's playing a pickup game of football during gym class and he catches, catches a pass, turns the corner and he, and, and just shoots off for a touchdown. And the track coach happened to be watching and he's like, wow, that kid's fast. So after the, the, the gym class was over, he approaches this kid who's on the wrong path. He says, Hey, you know, you're pretty fast. Why don't you, why don't you come out for the track team? And initially the kid's like, no, I don't do that. You know, I don't play sports, you know, whatever. And, but something about the fact that this coach acknowledged his talent, you know, kind of drew him to the coach. So he ended up showing up to, to practice. And turns out he was 
actually faster than some of the kids on the track team. And he wasn't even in shape. And so he came back and he noticed he liked the fact that he was fast. And so he started to practice with the team. And sure enough, he started to win some races. And then he started to realize that if he's going to become even faster, which he wanted to, he was going to have to quit smoking cigarettes and staying up late and eating, you know, bad food and drinking alcohol. And so sure enough, he quit all of those bad habits because of this new identity he had as, watch this, as a track star. How powerful is identity? It's interesting because we're really talking about um, two sides of, of the same coin here. It's like, well, which one comes first? Is it, is, it, is it our identity that changes and then our behavior changes? Does our identity flow does our, does our behavior flow from our identity or does our behavior shape our identity? Which one is it? Well, it turns out that it's both. So if we can change our identity, we have a really good chance to behave differently like the track star. On the other hand, and James Clear argues this in his book, Atomic Habits, which is a fantastic book if you guys haven't read this. He talks about how our behavior actually can change our identity. In other words, you can act your way into believing something new about yourself through consistent, habitual, ritualistic behavior. In the book, James Clear argues that every time you do something, every time you take an action, you're giving your mind evidence that you are a new person, a different kind of person. So you can literally act your way into a new identity. Wow, that's powerful. How do we raise our standards? We raise our standards by believing something different about ourselves, by embracing a new identity. Why? Because you can never behave consistently in a way that is inconsistent with the way you view yourself. How do you view yourself? What is your identity? Are you the type of person who can live at that new standard? If you're not that type of person, you'll do it for two weeks, you'll do it for three weeks, but eventually you'll fall down to our, back to your standards. Why? Because you always get your standards. You never get your wishes and your desires. You get your standards. So what have I said today? People don't change their life until they raise their standards. How do we do that? Number one, you have to get thoroughly and completely disgusted with your current situation, your current standards. Number two, you have to change your identity. You have to embrace a new self-perception. You can do that by changing your behavior. You can act your way into a new self-perception. I hope this has encouraged you today and blessed you today. If it has, I want to ask you to share it, like it, spread the word. Um, next month, we're going to be talking about two more ideas on how to raise your standards. Uh, if you want to catch up with me through the week, you can uh, look at uh, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. My assistant is constantly checking those. Um, you can also go to dannyanderson.net. Uh, I've got some blog posts there, some book recommendations, information about coaching if you're interested in that. If you don't have a home church, you can check out eclife.org. We'd love to have you. Uh, we've got several different locations all around Central India. Indiana. I would love to invite you to one of those. Um, again, I hope this has been a blessing to you. God bless you, and we will see you next month.